new episode of Hello, I'm Listening with your main host, Boivy, and your second main host, Boivy, Boivy, and your co-host, co-host to the co-host, Danielle. Co-host, co-host to the co-host. Yes. Oh, boy. Sorry, you, you, you sank in the tier. I should go up in the tier because I have, I'm two people right now. Oh, yeah, that's true, because... Danielle is pregnant with, Segway. A, with a baby girl. A baby, baby girl. girl. Oh, oh, I no. did not know that, everybody. Oh, this is Mrs. Butterscotch. No. I'm so happy for you, dear. You know what? This is worse. <laughs> Mrs. Butterscotch is worse yeah. than when you would start every episode. When we were in the basement, when we were building, and you would start every episode talking to the rats oh, because yeah, the rats true. were also in the basement. And so we'd be Classy starting died. the podcast. We didn't and talk would, about Classy. We didn't died. talk about Classy. We'd start about every, like, every episode you would start with holy that's true Lassie, mrs butterscotch is a classic dog dear mrs butterscotch is beloved by all all the people yeah speaking of the rats we yeah, only have one died. rat now our little Klausie died sebastian died because of a tumor we had to put him down and i think we talked about that that was a while ago and clousy are my favorite mm. i don't want to say that but it was my favorite Klausie boy he oh, you know, he was the sweetest of the three for sure. He was such a sweet. He gave, always gave kisses, snuggle. He was so interested. He, yeah. like you said, Klausy, and he just hopped up yeah. and like wanted to greet you. And he was a good boy. And we noticed that he got slower and didn't climb anymore. And then I think it was like a brain tumor or something yeah. like that because his head was weirdly swollen or like bumpy. It shaped kind of weird, like it almost like the forehead area, like. And bulged yeah. out a little bit more than usual and he lost a lot of weight really quickly yeah and stopped he didn't eating really eat. he couldn't eat anymore he, couldn't, yeah. he wanted to but he couldn't bite anymore he couldn't really move yeah, anymore we had to give him like wet and like basically like wet foods <sighs> yeah it was really really sad it was horrible and then we had to make the decision to yeah give him the peace he deserved yeah boy. i still miss him yeah it makes me cry <laughs> Okay. Um but yeah, in, in other news we're pregnant. We have a baby we have a baby on our way. We do. Danielle has something in her oven. <laughs> a bun in the oven. A bun in the oven. Yeah, yeah. we found out a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago that, that it's a, a girl. girl. Yeah. And I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Charlotte. I, no. <laughs> Although I do love the name Charlotte, I have to say. I, nice. Charlotte. I, but I don't like Charlotte it. come yeah. here. I don't like it in German. Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> nein, Charlotte, lass das liegen. Charlotte, nimm das nicht. Charlotte, nimm das nicht in den Mund, Charlotte. Charlotte, ich wasche dir deinen Mund mit Seife aus, Charlotte. Yeah, I don't like, I lo don't like the name how it sounds I in like German. I like it in English, and I Charlotte. love Charlie. Like as Charlie. A, oh, I love that girl. But we already have a name, and we're not sharing it. Yeah, we um, have a name, and I put it in the description. <laughs> no. Nobody would guess the name. Yeah. That's the no, thing. that's true. Um, um, but yeah. So if you're not following us on Instagram, do that yeah. because you find out things like that yeah. early. Yeah. Yeah, but we're basically this episode talking about our, our pregnancy journey. Because your it's, pregnancy journey. It's ours. Uh, yeah, but it's still more than yours than mine. It's still your pregnancy too. Yeah. So as I teased in the last week's episode, or not birthday episode, but... I mean, kind of. Kind of, but um, I teased that uh, we did not get pregnant by intercourse, <laughs> as the knowledgeable doctor would say. <laughs> oh, you got pregnant can by we, intercourse. Can we just quickly say yeah. in German, I find it so hilarious. Geschlechtsverkehr. Geschlechtsverkehr. It's, it's gender... What, it, what traffic. is it? Gender traffic. <laughs> <laughs> if you translate it like that it's gender traffic Geschlechtsverkehr let's have Geschlechtsverkehr tonight the, the first time I heard that was I mean this is jumping ahead a little bit but the first time I heard that was at the fertility clinic mm. one of my first appointments when we were actually starting with some of the the you had something weird to add, Danielle. And they told it's me spoiling things. not to, they said that we're not allowed to have Geschlechtsverkehr. Geschlechtsverkehr. Un, un, yeah. It took me so long because I was just like, yeah, okay, like I agreed, but I was too uh shy to ask them what she meant. <laughs> because I'm like, what the fuck is that? And then when I'm in the car later or on the bus or whatever, I was coming home, I'm like is that how they say sex? Like, is that how doctors say sex here? <laughs> Just say sex. Yeah, yeah, it was funny. Yeah. I thought it was funny. So we started trying to get pregnant last year, basically. In April. 
and um so we thought like yeah but then when we try we we're done building you know we renovated a house so we're done building and and when we started trying we should also mention by that point we already knew that i have something called pcos yeah exactly which is polycystic ovarian syndrome um it's kind of relatable to endometriosis um where you have very irregular periods so a super irregular cycle not always, but in my case, most most of the time, but not not in all Moses. cases, you have um, cysts in your ovaries, and they're not really uh, they're called cysts, but they're not like a typical cyst, like when you think of a cyst. How often can she say cyst? <laughs> <laughs> but they can be dangerous if you don't keep an eye on it. So if you're not being, you know. Um, Wait, hey, don't take a story right now. What are you doing? Yeah, I'm taking a story for Instagram. Um, if you're not adamant about going to your gynecologist and you're getting your bi, what is it? Not bi-yearly, because you go twice, once every two mm-hmm. years. Um, it can be, it can turn into an issue and it can lead to uh, ovarian cancer or things like that over a long, long period of time. Um, so we found out about that in February of last year. Yep. Yeah. After a lot of testing and all of that nonsense. That was fun. And so we knew that it could, doesn't always mean that for some people with PCOS get pregnant right away, but it could, we meant it, we knew it could mean it might be more difficult for us to get pregnant. I mean, the thing is, it, it's so crazy. I mean, if you really think about pregnancy and if you think about what it means Wait, for it to happen, up, I can pull up the percentage because it's really nuts. Uh, yeah, pull it up. Um, the process alone, I mean, the process is fun and we all know it and we all like it. Um, it doesn't matter how you do it, with who you do it, if you do it for being pregnant or just doing good fun, in the ass or whatever you want to do it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but if you want to just do it by like male and female specimen having Geschlechtsverkehr and, you know, trying to get pregnant, the, the likelihood to be fertile to be at the right time for the sperm to be, you know, good or so good to reach the, the, the egg, all the shit. There's so many factors. I mean, it's really fascinating. I highly recommend people just like look up just a quick video of how like the, the, the process of like on YouTube, there's so many, but the process of like once the sperm is in there, yeah. Just its journey yeah. to the eggs because it's fucking insane. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so it's something like two million sperm mm-hmm. or something yeah. that are ejaculated, yeah. and only something like two hundred make it into the yeah. the yeah. final space there. <laughs> I don't know what it's, called. it's a great show on Netflix. Yeah, uh, it's really crazy. But this is the thing. So for those of you who don't know, a woman can only get pregnant f- between five and six days out of the month. Yeah. Um, you ovulate obviously once, but there's a short window beforehand mm-hmm. and a short window after afterhand that can cause you to yeah, get pregnant. Yeah. So you don't have to have sex on ovulation day, but it's better to have it a couple the, days before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the chances, so think about all the people you know who actually did just get pregnant naturally. Yeah. The chances when you are 18 to 25 years old mm-hmm. is 20 percent 20 to 25% per month yeah. that's your chance of getting yeah. pregnant as soon as you get between like 25 and 35 it goes down Slower. to 15 to 18 mm-hmm. percent and when you get to 36 10 percent that's crazy <laughs> it's really really nuts and then you add pcos to the mix yep. uh, the chances get much lowered yep. and then it's really hard and i think from what I've learned in that past year, going through the whole process of what we're going to tell you soon, is um, that a lot of people struggle with that. Yeah. And a lot of people clearly um, don't talk about it because yeah. otherwise people would be more aware of how hard it is or hard it can be to be to get pregnant. Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, just, oh yeah, we're pregnant, blah, blah, but don't talk about the struggles yeah. if they had some to, to how they got there. And I think so it's So it important. just kind of seems like Right. Oh, yeah. They Everybody just, got pregnant. just naturally gets you know? pregnant. And sure, you assume that it worked right away because you don't yeah. assume you don't want assume that they had problems yeah. or whatever. But I think it's so important to talk about it because it gives other people a more realistic perspective. Well, and it makes it, it feel right less 
shameful because and that's that as a well. really big thing for women. And I've I've learned. I mean, I knew that beforehand, but I've really seen it um, in this through like going through the experience myself. And I've been so open about it because I tend to just be open about things, anyways, in my life and struggles and things. And the amount of people who have come to me and like said, oh yeah, I went through the same thing mm, or, yeah. you know, and they, that they never talked about it or I know so many people yeah, who went through that yeah. and they never talk about it. It's because women feel ashamed yeah, sure, sure. that they can't naturally it's do a, something that their bodies are naturally supposed right. to do, sure, sure. Yeah. even though it's completely out of your control. And it's a, it's a societal thing because it's yeah. not like, um, they get actively shamed and yeah. say, oh yeah, your body doesn't work. Huh, blah, blah. Well, I mean, sometimes I mean, they sometimes do. Me, but yeah, but I think that's not, most of the time the case but it's like things if you like, say that you did like ivf or something and then there are some people who would be like oh that's too bad yeah i mean sure <laughs> but i mean most of the time it's just things like oh how is it ha when is it happening with you guys yeah when it, blah, that's blah. the hardest the question like that you get most of the time from family and maybe f closer friends and then also um things like oh yeah we just got pregnant mm. pretty fast we you know we didn't even plan to do it and Boom, it just hit or just in general, like, like when you're having fertility problems and trying to get pregnant, and especially when you you really it's something you really 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 want, mm. and of course, <laughs> a lot of people who desperately want children end up having fertility problems. I mean, stress comes in sure. that thing too. That makes a huge difference for a lot of people. Yeah, but you know, having to hear friends announce pregnancies mm. or family members announce pregnancies. And that having to celebrate that mm. was one of the hardest things probably I've ever done yeah. in the process. Like going through the process, we didn't tell a whole lot of people about the process no. until afterwards. Yep. And so it was a lot of like, it's hard, it's, it's hard to describe the feeling because you're happy for them. But at the same time, you're so sad. I mean, sure. And so it's really hard because you, a part of you feels like you're pretending. I mean, imagining in that moment and you're, you're, you're just waiting to get home to cry. <laughs> imagine you just, your dog just died and they got a puppy yeah. and you're like, oh, I mean, it's, it's a, a puppy, it's happy. Yeah. No, but some, it's similar. You know, yeah. you want to, you are happy for them. But at the same time, it just reminds me of, yeah. reminds you of your pain. And sure, it's different. It's completely different. Yeah. But, or like I went to a, when I was right in the middle of it, I went to your sister's baby shower. Yeah. And not only was it a baby shower, so you're celebrating this upcoming birth of a yeah, child, yeah. but there were like three other women there with babies. And I'm just like, fuck, like it was, I, I remember I came home from that party and I sobbed. Mm. It was, that was so hard. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we went to the fertility or you went to the fertility clinic because they advised you to go there. Yeah, and we also wanted to kind of get a jump on it. You know, like we had been trying from April until about July. I mean, not that long, granted. Basically a lot people, not long. A lot of people would say, oh, that's not long. We have been trying for five years or Most doctors years. would say try for a year, and if it doesn't work, then yeah. go to a fertility yeah. clinic. But I was like, you know, I already know that I have PCOS. I've been tracking my ovulation, which never happened. Um, exactly. That was another thing. That was another. I didn't get thing. my period in like six, seven months or something. So I was like, okay, I'm not ovulating. Exactly. So we, even if we kept trying, if she's not ovulating, what's the point? Sure, of, could have happened sure, because at happened. some point you get a period, but it's so unpredictable that it's really hard to track them. Yeah. So you basically would have to have sex every single night, which also gets exhausting. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And. And there's a lot of pressure. And the pressure, and I think the in that. The problem is the body already is so out of out of harm or like imbalanced mm. um, because of whatever you know it depends. But but then add stress to that and the pressure of the of of the surroundings. Yeah. Um, and that's not good. And a lot of people told us that too. You know, they had problems. And once they took the pressure away, once they didn't really think about it anymore, boom, it happened for them. <laughs> I hate that. I have to say, I hate no, it. No, I, I totally understand that. But I think I think if you don't have PCOS, no. I think that could make a big difference for people. I agree. No, I totally agree. But a lot of times people, I got that a lot from a lot of yeah. people where they're like, yeah, but if you just, a lot of people just say, if you stop stressing or, you know, as soon as they stop trying and they yeah, gave up, that's yeah, when they got pregnant. Yeah. I'm like... But for me, first of all, I have a, there's a biological issue. Yeah, exactly. Second of all, I would even if I decided I'm gonna stop trying, like which I didn't see myself in any mm. sense doing, unless I'm like 40 and I'm like, okay, it still doesn't happen. Yeah. But I've wanted kids since I was a kid, so it's like it's never something I'm just gonna be like, yeah, then forget it. And so 
I still would have been like every time we had sex, I would be thinking in the back of my mm. mind, what if it happens this time? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, for me, that never would have shut off either. Yeah, that, yeah exactly. And that added to the biological thing. Yeah. Then he, it's sure it, there might be a possibility, but it already might be so fucking slim that, yeah, sure, in maybe it would happen once in 10 years. Yeah. And for some people, that's okay. For some people, that's the only option because yeah. IVF is not, on, it's not super affordable, especially, especially if you live, exactly, especially if you live in, in the country where there is no general healthcare. Yeah. But so, or those things aren't covered by healthcare. I think the main thing that helped you figure out what is actually going on was just the, 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 the hormone level. Like you have this crazy <laughs> hormone level. I, what that is was, that was really insane. I mean, that PCOS is one of those things that a lot of doctors are still very uncertain about, which makes mm. it that much harder to diagnose and treat. Um, and there is no cure for it. It's just, it's kind of an anomaly in that sense. But it does go away for some people a lot mm. of times after a pregnancy. So I'm kind of hoping that happens. But um, it can be caused by so many factors. And it took a really long time to figure out what that was for yeah. me. Um, sometimes it's insulin levels. Sometimes it's, it's certain hormones in the body that are too high or too low. It's really, it's, and it's super hard to figure it out, um, because you just don't know what to test for. And a lot of doctors, I went to a lot of different doctors and they tested for the kind of basic things that you would mm -hmm. test for. And most of them were fairly normal. So it was like, that could be it, but mm -hmm. not really sure. Yeah. Testosterone was pretty high for me. Um, but I, <laughs> if you remember the amount of like powders I tried, mm, pills yeah, I tried, yeah. a lot of like holistic stuff that mm. I tried. I tried so many things, which some of it I do um, credit my testosterone levels balancing out because they balanced out before we started the fertility yeah, clinic. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Um, but it was really insane, the amount of energy I put into that. And once we finally decided, okay, let's just go to the fertility clinic and see what they say. Um, we originally were given a referral to the fertility clinic to start IVF. Mm -hmm. That was like the, yeah. might as well just do it. And so when we went, um, they also did more blood tests mm -hmm. and they tested for something called AMH. Mm -hmm. um, and that that is directly related to, it's a hormone directly related to, that you're born with, mm -hmm. to how many eggs, like your egg storage, like how many you have. Mm -hmm. And most women and this is these are units that are used differently than in the us so it doesn't directly translate but in in europe the unit that they use is whatever it is and the standard number is between one and f or five and six mm -hmm. mine was at 38. <laughs> yeah pretty high so really high which is not necessarily a bad thing it, i mean it's bad in the sense that it causes me a lot of issues yeah. Um, because then my body decides, okay, this level is so high, so I don't need to produce these other two hormones that are crucial to building an egg and, and ovulating. And, ovulating. Yeah. and so my body just didn't produce those. And so that we found out was my main issue. Yeah. Um, the good thing about having such a high count is that means I have a lot of eggs <laughs> that yeah. are stored in there. Yeah and or potential eggs so people if you need eggs we have free range <laughs> eggs just call this number and you will get a package of yeah. 12. whereas if it were on the other side of the spectrum and it was too low it would have been even harder for us to get pregnant yeah. because th there weren't there wouldn't be that many yeah. there yeah so also not a terrible thing to have yeah. the case so the, the the next thing was basically a doctor's telling us there is something else before ivf that we could try specifically because my amh levels were mm -hmm. so high and they said it can it's very risky in my case to do ivf because um it can very easily ivf in general can lead to hyperstimulation of the yeah. of the ovaries yeah. which can be dangerous um it's always a risk that you take with IVF, but they said in my case with my AMH levels being so high, the risk is way higher. <laughs> and so they were concerned that I would react to the medications, the high doses mm -hmm. of the medications mm -hmm. for IVF, um, and that it would cause me some serious issues, uh, which it can also be life-threatening if it's too, if it gets too bad. Yeah, sure, if it's untreated. So um, they suggested that we start kind of on the same process so you're taking the same medications that you do with IVF, IVF but at low doses mm -hmm. 
and they kind of just see what happens. So you start super, super low Mm -hmm. and you see how how it through ultrasound you can see how it's working or not working. so basically what happens is you stimulate the eggs or the follicles yeah and you want them to grow to a certain size and once that size is reached in a so in a normal just a quick little science thing explained easily in a normal cycle with somebody who doesn't have pcos who doesn't have any fertility issues you your body produces a hormone called LH and FSH. Mm-hmm. So luteinizing hormone and follicle stimulating hormone. Those two hormones are responsible for building a follicle mm-hmm. in your ovaries. And typically it only builds one or maybe two. Yeah, exactly. Within those follicles is where the egg is. Mm-hmm. And as soon as the follicle reaches a certain size, it your body dumped. knows ah, the egg is probably ripe because that's the right size it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And that's when you ovulate. So it stops, your body stops producing those and hormones. And that's when it opens up its doors and says, hey, I'm open for business. <laughs> and that's when the follicle basically pops open, the egg is released, and then it goes through the fallopian tubes, yeah. blah, 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 you ovulate. Yeah. That's how that works. Um, so people who have twins, oftentimes the case is either the egg splits or they had two, had two fall down. that fell down. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so in my case, because I have so many cysts, basically all of those cysts, you could say are follicles that are immature. So they're teeny, teeny, tiny. And when you're then injecting the follicle stimulating hormone, which is what I was injecting, you want them to grow, you want them to grow, but you don't want too many to grow. Obviously you want one or two tops with IVF. You want between seven and 10. Sure. But with the process we did, we we actually wanted just one. Two We're, was also okay, but we our goal was one. Yeah. And because there are so many cysts slash follicles in there, it was really, really hard. <laughs> so the, yeah, exactly. So the process was we get one to grow, put like another, you induce the ovulation with another hormone. As soon that as it given. was the right size, then you exactly, we would do another injection to induce ovulation. And, and then, then we, we would have, have sex at Geschlechtsverkehr. <laughs> um and and gender traffic and hope that that will work so that was the process and we did the two months or three months three months yeah or technically more but so we started in september and the first round uh, so i was doing these injections every single day myself at home in stomach and the first round took over 30 days Mm -hmm. horrible to get to we didn't even the first round we didn't get the right size the yeah. first round was either too big or they were either were too, too big or too many mm. um and they we so we had to cancel the cycle basically so yeah. Yeah. the first trial was so difficult because it was just you know you've been doing this for 30 days i had to go to the clinic every three days at every, least yeah, every sometimes day, every yeah. two days yeah um so they could do an ultrasound so that was not nice no it was so shitty um and you know constant disappointment you constantly go in and you're sitting there waiting like hopefully we see some growth this time and then they look and they're like no nothing's happened yet you have to adjust your diet uh, or or they stayed with the dose that wasn't working Mm. because they were so concerned about overstimulating also which i appreciate sure sure but also the the it's classic Austria right now in terms of staff. So they're understaffed. Yeah. A lot of them are stressed. They don't really talk each, to each other all the time. Yeah. And so every doctor you go to says, says something maybe something different. else, has not the knowledge that the other doctor has. Yeah, I mean, I went to one doctor where she was like, okay, if nothing changes by the next time that we see you, then we'll adjust, adjust your dose. And then I go in the next time, nothing changed. I was excited because we're like, okay, finally, sorry, finally we can adjust the dose and maybe it works. And then that doctor was like, no, I think we should stay with this yeah. one because I don't want to overstimulate Different and maybe it works this did, time. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, it's really, really frustrating. So we did it for three months, four yeah. months. The second, the second round, I think, was a little bit shorter, like 18, 20 days. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we finally, I was so glad I got one doctor who I, I initially named Dick Doc because he seemed super, I don't know, he was not very sympathetic the first time I was with him. Mm-hmm. He ended up being one of two of my favorite doctors there mm-hmm. um, because he was a no-nonsense, no-bullshit, yeah. and I loved that about him. Yeah. Um, so by the second time I saw him, I was like, I'm obsessed. I love this guy. I hope I have him every time. Yeah. 
Um, but he finally was like, and in, in the second one, he was like, you know what? We're just going to try something because we're already so far into the second round. So we're just going to try something. If you're okay with it, we're just going to crazy go up with a dose like for three days and just see what happens. Mm. And we did that. And what do you know? There was some growth and we were able to get exactly one follicle at the right size, mm. induce ovulation. And then we were able to try it home. And it didn't work. Out. Didn't work. <laughs> yeah. But then we didn't try it another one, right? We had to wait. Oh, we had to wait. Exactly. We had to wait because, so that was in November mm -hmm. until early December. Mm -hmm. And when I went back in, my ovaries were enlarged. Mm -hmm. Um, And they said they, and there was a little bit of fluid in there. And so that's the first sign of maybe some hyperstimulation. Mm -hmm. And so they said, we have to wait and then we can try it again. Um, so we had to wait a month for everything mm -hmm. to kind of go back to normal. Which was actually good. Ended up being nice. It was right around Christmas time. And it was kind of nice at Christmas to not have to and do any of that And also let me tell shit. you, if you pump, I mean, every Oof. woman knows that if you pump you, you, uh, hormones into your body all the time, you're basically... Rough not only your body does a lot of shit so you get yeah. bloated and all lots Always of other stuff all the time constant bloating and you also get i'm not i don't want to say mood swings because that's oh they were like, mood swings but <laughs> yeah i know but if a man says that you know it's always like with a, a but that's a i think that's a proper term to say sure but if you a man say, says, crazy. Oh, you mood swings again you're pmsing whatever you <laughs> PMSing know pmsing this trigger yeah but uh, think about think it for the women out there think about pms those mood swings times 50 yeah that's so what that felt you like. have to manage that for yeah. months it's horrible and just and I, that's what i told you because you were like oh i don't want to wait another month of wasting yeah. blah blah but that's what i told you you are able to work out you're able yeah. to, to do oh that was the stuff. other thing you're not allowed to work out right. more than like not that my doctors were like you can go for a while yeah exactly like, Fuck you <laughs> so you were not able to do anything basically yeah. and 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 it was a nice vacation almost yeah. from pumping yourself like yeah. injecting yourself with hormones it was really it, but, was, it was nice it ended up being but nice. we basically then decided okay we we do no IVF. we did one more we did, oh, one, we more did one more we did three rounds oh, i just didn't even remember that yeah we did one more round um and the doctor said if it doesn't work this time we can talk more about ivf, IVF yeah um we did one more round and it didn't work yeah I, but again to the point where there were too many that time i think the third round really? so i thought it was nothing we had to cancel oh we had to cancel we had to cancel because there were like four oh, okay um because my body just again is so was so weird with the it was the doses. always it was always different it was yeah. always different but at the same never time consistent. it was also good because we saw that the stimulating helped yeah. and we could get a certain amount yeah. easily yeah which is good for ivf exactly and so they said you know you've already been through this for x amount we've done and by the way just to put it in perspective The fact that my rounds were taking like 30 plus days is outrageous. Mm. It is unheard of. It usually takes like... Eight to 14 days. Yeah. Most so women that. have to do eight to 14 days of injections before they have yeah. one or two follicles. Yeah. Yeah. With IVF, it's the same. Sometimes eight to 12 days before you are ready to yeah. go. Yeah. Um, so it was really it was really rough. Um, the third round we had to cancel because there were too many. Mm. Um, and... Then again, we had to wait yeah. because again, because there were too many, they, my ovaries were slightly enlarged and they said, you know, when you come back, we're just going to do IVF. Mm. And we switched the medication, which at first I was like, oh, I don't really want to switch the medication <laughs> because like the brand basically, yeah. because I, I don't know. I just felt like we've been using this one for so long to kind of understand how it works with my body. So now it kind of felt like we were starting over. Um, We instantly started with a slightly higher dose, but still not too high because, again, they were concerned. I worked pretty fast. It was still 30 days. Yeah, but I think the sure they, 30 they had days to get, at high doses. They had to go. Yeah, that's exactly. They had to. They had to get the dosage dosage right. But we saw like growth pretty fast. We saw growth pretty fast, and but we had to get the right size. Obviously, we had to get not only the right size but the right number because yeah. too little, it's not worth it to do IVF yeah. and too many also it's also detrimental you can't the, do it the 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 right amount that's that's also key if you <laughs> yeah. the thing is i don't know because i'm a man but if you already feel like oh like right before you ovulate you feel like kind of big and bloated and mm -hmm. uncomfortable i mean multiply that by six or seven i way more i have never the so what happens after you have the right amount is they 
induce ovulation. So mm-hmm. first of all, you're only doing the one injection every night, or at mm-hmm. least in my case, I was only doing one because I only needed the FSH. Yeah. F- FSH. Some yeah. people need FSH and LH, um, but I only needed the one hormone. So I had one injection every single night. Um, the The last two weeks or so, I had a second injection that I had to give to prevent ovulation mm-hmm. because your body at some point is like, oh, it's going to maybe it realizes that there's things happening there and it might ovulate too soon. Mm-hmm. And with IVF, they need to control it. Yeah. Um, and so that, <laughs> that injection was shit. I hated that one. That was the big needle, right? It was a very dull needle. So the needle mm-hmm. for the other injections was super thin. I still felt it and sometimes it took everything in me to stab myself one more time because, Mm -hmm. you know, eventually you're really sick of it. Um, But at least after a while, you don't notice the medication anymore. It doesn't burn as much because you're used to it. That one hurt like fucking hell. It was so bad. Not just the needle, but the medication itself. It was awful. Yeah. Um, So then you did that for about two weeks where you're taking two. Um, once they were all big enough, the next step is that they induce ovulation, yeah. which I had to go to the hospital for, which normally I did it myself, but mm-hmm. it was a different medication. Um, that one also really hurt. And, or let's say uncomfortable. Hurt they induce, and then after three days, I think. Two, three or- days you wait, and then you have um, the egg retrieval procedure. Mm-hmm. So it's like a small surgical procedure. It's a small. Yeah. Where you're still under full narcosis so you're completely out um and they go in with a needle through but through the nose actually <laughs> you have to imagine going through no, the no, no. <laughs> no 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 it's through the vagina thank, let's just say thank god you're under <laughs> under anesthesia yeah they go through the vagina and through the, the like with the needle through the uterine wall um mm-hmm. with an ultrasound that they can see everything and they remove the eggs from the follicles yeah. so it's pretty pretty cool I, oh no they didn't induce ovulation yet no they didn't yeah, yeah they they do that before they induce ovulation mm-hmm. so first they do that to remove everything and then they induce and then they induce before they put the the egg back in yeah or the you, embryo then you get sick afterwards and then i well, got sick let's just say bef- even before that the the pain and that time it was pain mm-hmm. the night before i remember yeah oh you no were, they do they did induce ovulation but because you were they induce so it. glad that they that so they finally took it they, out. They did induce. They induced first, and then two days later, I had the mm-hmm. egg retrieval. Yeah, that's what I, yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. Um, but because that's what caused it to hurt so bad, because all of those, your, your body is trying to ovulate, and you have, like, I think we had 10 or maybe more, 10 to 15 like follicles yeah. that were ready to go. Mm. I was super bloated. And it hurt. Mm. It was extremely painful. I couldn't sleep. I ended up like, ha- like I couldn't sit. I couldn't lay down. I ended up just being like, I was at three in the morning in the living room on the floor in like a tabletop position. Mm-hmm. And then I went into child's pose and I was just like, I can't, like I, I was, it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. Um, and then that morning we went into the, the clinic mm-hmm. for the procedure. And let me tell you, a lot of people said it's quite uncomfortable afterwards. And it was a little uncomfortable afterwards. But in comparison to what it felt like before, Mm. I was like, thank fucking God. It was such a relief. It was such a relief. And then there was another month of waiting. Because again, my ovaries were very enlarged. So what they did, which is actually kind of cool, so they freeze all the samples. Yeah, so they prepared the embryos. So I had to give some semen. Yeah. And they prepare them. So yeah. basically they fertilize them yep. and then they freeze them. So we we had a great we had great success because they were able to retrieve 18 farmed, eggs. Like farm. Farm. They farmed. They were able to farm 18 eggs, which is outstanding for IVF. That is outstanding. They sold some, actually, (laughs) on the black market. So they got 18 eggs. 14 of those eggs were, like, viable, which is also outstanding. Yeah. Um, We had some for breakfast. They were great. 12 of the 14 were successfully fertilized, which is also fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, And... I think legally they're only allowed to freeze up to six. So they only yeah. took six, but I'm assuming they took the six best looking yeah. ones. Yeah. Um, they basically let them um, 
they fertilize them and then they let them start to develop a little bit for a couple of days and then they freeze um, them. so they cook them a little bit and mm. then they freeze them when they are blastocysts they're exactly at a at already a little developed stage yeah so technically um there's something happening already in that egg yeah and so, so yeah. they they froze them and then again we had to wait a month before we could put one back in uh to let my body kind mm. of heal which was also probably necessary. It was, it was very good. You you said that you don't want to wait another month. You don't want to blah blah. But because there was so much waiting. <laughs> I told you that it's good. It's yeah. it's it's less stress. Um, it's uh, also you get out the, all the hormones that you have still you know flowing in your body and yeah. um, also the percentage of it sticking is much higher um, with a frozen. With a frozen, yeah, the, the it's more the success rate is higher yeah. with a frozen embryo. So, and that's what you want. You want, you know, you sure. want. I mean, we had six trials, but yeah. Um, so yeah, they give it back, which I really like term for. They give the egg back. <laughs> yeah. And then we waited. Yeah. So the that was also an exciting time. So we, <laughs> on May twentieth, I went in. Or we went in and they did the embryo transfer, which was really cool because you could watch them do it. it there was like a five-minute thing. It was so fast. So they got it in a fucking massive needle and with yeah. ultrasound, they just put it in. Yeah. Done. That's they it. put it where it needs to go and that's it. Mm -hmm. And in the in the time between, I was still taking um, progesterone, mm -hmm. um, which helps build your uterine lining because you want the uterine lining to be thick. So it can nest. So it can nest. Mm -hmm. um, and it helps it to stick. And so I was taking progesterone, but that I'd taken that so many times within the process that it didn't affect me anymore um, in terms of like my mood or anything. And on May 20th, they put it in. And the same day I started feeling just really like a lot of pain and mm -hmm. uh, uncomfortable. uncomfortable. And I was like, I don't know if that's normal. Turns out <laughs> I had a urinary tract infection that had started to spread to my kidney, yep. which, because I knew that pain. I had it one time before in my life. And I was like, fuck. Yeah. With that, you need antibiotics. And so I was panicking because I'm like, can I even take antibiotics? Yeah. And I was really, really freaked out because after all of that, you know, <laughs> yeah, to yeah. have something then kind of feel like it's getting in the way. Yeah, um, I was fine. Ended up being totally fine. Um, I went to the hospital. the hospital to get it checked out and they said, yeah, it's a urinary tract infection. And um, the doctor was really, really nice. I explained to him, you know, I literally just yesterday had an embryo transfer after a really long mm. battle with yeah. fertility and I'm really nervous to take something. Yeah. And he even called the fertility clinic and talked to them and made sure that what he was going to prescribe was okay. And it was really reassuring. Yeah. Um, and then after... 10 to 12 days, was it? They said to wait two weeks mm -hmm. to take a test. And I started feeling things sooner. I had made the mistake in the past of testing too early and just constantly being disappointed by the mm -hmm. negative, <laughs> um, even though they would have always been negative. But I made that mistake before. And so I was like, okay, I'm not going to test too early, yeah. like especially if I don't feel anything. Yeah. But I felt things like my boobs kind of started to hurt. And I was like, mm, I don't know. I, I just feel different. And so there was a day, kind of the only mistake I made was I just couldn't wait any longer. And it was the middle of the afternoon and I took a test. Mm. And you're supposed to take it with morning urine because mm -hmm. it's less diluted. And so it's more accurate. And the test was, didn't show anything. And so I threw it away and didn't tell you about it. I threw it away. And then I, after about 10 minutes was like, oh, those tests take longer mm -hmm. than the normal ones. Usually they take two to three minutes and this one was like seven to 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so I fished it out of the garbage and it was, and there was a super, super faint line. Yeah, I was like, oh boy, <laughs> that might be something. Yeah. And so I still didn't tell you because I didn't want to get overexcited. Um, and it was funny because the same day we went for a walk and you Asked yeah, me asked. when I'm allowed to yeah, test. Yeah. I, walked, <laughs> so, I remember we walked back from the grocery, from the grocery store, store and yeah. I asked when you're when you're testing and you said, oh, and on Monday or something. In a week, yeah, or, week or on yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, so I said like I'm going to test a little early, but not too early. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I had already technically tested. Yeah. And I just wanted to wait to take the next, next one in the morning. And I took two. I took a digital one and a non-digital one. And I went to the bakery and then I came back. and I had Well, a... I took them before then. So yeah. I knew yeah, before you yeah, went to the yeah, bakery. Yeah, I so I, 
I woke up because I had to pee and it was like five in the morning. And so I was like, I have to do it now because that's the non-diluted version. So I have to do it. I took the two and just like the clearest of clear positive mm. that you could possibly have. And I, I mean, I posted a video, but I, I just was just, I don't know. Well, that was the wreck that of was, emotions. That the video was, uh, you took that while I was still sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to not sob super loud, <laughs> but I'm in the bathroom and I, 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 cause I, you know, I documented a lot of things throughout the journey. I documented crying in the hospital bathroom. Mm. You know, I took a picture because I'm like, I want to like out of disappointment because I, I just wanted to document the whole journey to be able to look back at it. Like this is all of the shit I went through to get to this mm. point and, you know, not take it for granted. So I, I just really wanted to have that. And I'm so glad that I have those things. Um, and I journaled a lot throughout and I was like, you know, I really want to, I took lots of videos. Whenever I would take a test, I took a video. Cause I was like, if it's positive, I want, I want to remember that I want to have that. Mm -hmm. And it was just like the most magical moment probably i i don't think i've ever experienced something you so can magical watch that video on her instagram yeah yeah so, so that yeah. was lovely and then i told you when you came back from so i couldn't go back to sleep after that yeah. so i stayed awake and i had to act like i just couldn't sleep yeah, when you got yeah. up but i was so excited to tell you yeah that's nice yeah so yeah. the thing is i i get that there are much worse stories out there from other people um in terms of you know getting pregnant maybe way way more struggles and mm. years passing um with trying and, and failing and even we have some friends that they they basically tried 10 years yeah. and couldn't get it to work and yeah, yeah um so uh yeah i, I that's i think that's why we wanted to talk about it openly mm. and we started talking about it pretty soon and we st also starting people uh telling people that we're pregnant much sooner than most yeah. people do simply because we also don't want to be people who sure we don't want to promote it everywhere yeah we didn't post it publicly until Recently, the, the usual week. like after you're yeah. you know out of the gray zone which yeah. is the first trimester once you get out of that then yeah. But the chances of a miscarriage are much slimmer. But that's exactly slimmer. the reason why we told yeah. friends and family, close friends and family, because we wanted to, like, if something would system. happen, exactly. Yeah. And we had that in our family that people had a miscarriage and they didn't talk about it. And yeah. you find out, like, by hearsay or, you know, blah, blah. Yeah. And sure, you want to grieve and you want to give them time when something like that happens and it's horrible. But at the same time, I think it's much better when you can talk about it I mean, a or friend when of mine. People know about it and can help you and ask, "Hey, how are you doing? Can I do yeah. something for you?" Then, I mean, that like, was the same with the whole experience with the injections. Yeah. I mean, we told our closest friends yeah. and family yeah. that we were going through this whole process yeah. because it was nice to have the support. It was yeah. nice to not yeah. have to pretend. Yeah. Or you know, when I when we went to friends' houses, I had yeah. to take the injection at the same time every night. So it's yeah. like sometimes I had to go off to the bathroom and oh that's fine she's just injecting her hair yeah. and it's she's heroin but it's nice so. then when you're close people yeah. like they know about it because it i don't know it just i don't know it feels more yeah yeah no, you I have agree. a support system i and agree and, and it was the same with telling people that we were pregnant yeah and it was nice because people were very happy and and excited because yeah. they knew that we were going for through ivf and the struggles that came with that but at the same time also knowing that, you know, we also said, you know, there's still chances that something, you know, doesn't work out. Yeah. We're still at the beginning, but that's the whole point of being open and saying, yeah. hey, um, if something would happen, you also know that, obviously, because yeah. you would see it. And then you can also be a support yeah. in that time and, and give us some yeah. eggs in the giant. <laughs> and, you know, it's also for me, at least, I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel really comforted to know like obviously i hope that if we can um you know once we decide to have a second kid i'm sure i hope that it happens naturally but at the same time it's so comforting to know that we still have five yeah, embryos sure. frozen and at the clinic and that's the crazy thing about that is if you think about it, like if we would say yeah we get another kid in i don't know two or three years mm. then we could then technically that kid is already older yeah <laughs> if you really think about it like if you yeah. really start counting 
from the age where it's actually conceived mm -hmm. then you could say okay this this living thing is already older than yeah. than than yeah it's kind of cool to yeah. to think about it that way yeah so technically our second child could be already somewhere in a freezer <laughs> 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 that sounds morbid um that was a long episode everybody yeah. um i just wanted to say that i'm very proud of you and i'm very happy that it worked out and Thanks. um it was not easy seeing you go through this and not being able to do much and yeah. we talked about it a lot and um yeah but maybe quickly just before we end maybe just talk just quickly about your experience with it like how how it was for you as the as the partner in the I mean, situation because I, I think that's a really hard position I, I, to be I, in yeah as i just said i didn't really do much i had the appointments with you not all all of them obviously yeah i wasn't I, most of the time i wasn't there if people go anyone out the, out there also going through ivf or you know where you have constant appointments i highly recommend that obviously if the partner wants to be there great but it's also for me it also wasn't necessary that you were there every yeah, single time because it usually was minutes. a five minute quick yeah, in yeah, and out yeah. of this so for is the, next steps. for the big ones obviously i was always yeah. there and i had to give them my seat once in a while um for them to check if everything's okay and yeah. if they needed it blah blah but it was the thing is for me it wasn't difficult because i didn't really do much the mm. difficult part was just being there and seeing you going through this and not being able to do anything and um and how also was it for you when there was like the moments of disappointment like i know you I mean, you told me you didn't you purposefully didn't let yourself I get never excited got excited until the day you told me mm. and i i kept i kept myself Even when we had the transfer i mean that was that was exciting because the process itself and seeing that and being part of that was pretty cool yeah but when we walked out there, sure, I had my hopes up, yeah. but but that's it. I didn't try to be super excited, and I wasn't super excited mm. because I tried to purposely not be because I didn't want to be disappointed. Yeah, and yeah, I don't know. I, I that's just how I am. So I don't know. It was a the process itself was for me it wasn't um um like again it wasn't hard for me, but seeing you going through this was not easy because I wanted to help you more. Yeah. I wanted to do more, but. You know, it's something you can't really, and and also seeing the disappointment every time. Yeah. And I, and that's why I also told you, don't get your hype. Just do whatever you do can do, and yeah. just go in and try to be not as you know. Hopeful. I mean, to an extent that I mean, obviously the first round that was not possible because of course you're excited. It's like finally something we're doing something proactive to, yeah. that might work. Yeah. The second round, I was just ready for disappointment. Yeah. It felt like, yeah. and there were only a few times where I was actually like excited yeah. because, you know, you finally see growth after, you know, 30 days yeah, of but, injections. Yeah. But I think it's uh, from the woman's perspective, it's harder to not no, sure. get excited sure. at least about some things. And, you know, you celebrate all of the little sure. victories because, sure. you know, you've been trying I mean, for I so think long. it's good to a certain extent, but at the same time, you also, and that's what I try to do a lot of the times just try to be realistic you know and and uh, you know the higher you climb up on a on a on a little thing the, the taller yeah. you can fall or the wider you can fall or longer and so i tried to prevent that a little bit yeah. but yeah i mean i think overall we had a very good experience and just like with ivf not the thing before but with like ivf worked perfectly for us yeah um, i mean it took a little longer than than maybe normal but still with the pre thing but but if you if you just look at the ivf process sure it took a little longer the the injections but yeah. it worked perfectly and yeah. um and the first usually with the first transfer there's not a high chance usually you need a second one yeah the chances go up with each exactly try. so so that alone uh uh yeah and sure statistics that alone was also comforting too to know that it worked the first try that means okay my body is functioning exactly so in the I, ways that it should and that was I, also reassuring i think with that uh, yeah i think it was a overall a very good experience and also seeing i mean it's kind of sad but seeing a lot of people there at yeah. the clinic and also then talking about it open and hearing all oh, this couple has problems this couple has problems 
um, you just hear and see that it's pretty common and it's getting more and more so and if you read a little bit online like in science magazines and stuff like that it's a trend that's going upwards so yeah. a lot of people ha like infertility is a massive problem for a lot of people and it's getting I, more and I, more so it's getting more so and i really th i mean this is just from my feeling i don't know an actual statistic but i i feel like i also read somewhere that there's more women struggling with fertility mm. issues than there are who aren't mm. like and i actually read that it's because they're not subscribed to our podcast <laughs> so do them a favor and subscribe yeah yeah Nah. If, but the, you know just the, any women out yeah. there or men out there anyone out there struggling to have children it's not because obviously fertility issues can also come from the, the sure. men's the man's side as well sure. um it's nothing to be ashamed about yeah. and yeah. obviously it's your choice if you want to talk openly about it but i at least highly recommend i found like a like an online support group for women with pcos mm. trying to get pregnant mm. Um, it was really helpful for me because mm. I felt very seen. Just the there. sensations and hey, is this normal? Yeah. Did it happen for you too? And all this shit. And yeah. just reading how many other people mm. are in the exact same mm. boat, you know, yeah. it was really comforting. Yeah. Um, and so I highly recommend trying to find something like that. Um, but also just try to push the shame out of it because there's nothing shameful about no, it. No, it's, it's not. It's shit it is absolute shit and Especially you know it's you okay kids, to yeah. say it's shit <laughs> yeah, yeah. being positive all the time is not possible yeah but um it's apps i can tell you 100 percent, it's absolutely worth it i mean mm. that the I mean, second i got yeah. that positive yeah. Yeah. you see it in the yeah. video all of that yeah. stress from all of the months and months and months of trying the year of trying yeah. was like gone yeah just gone it's i also want to just say that we are very privileged in the sense yeah. that we could do IVF and we were able to afford it since there was a massive uh, help from like an institute that helps people who are yeah. married and, and want it. Um, so we, well, and also the healthcare system. And the healthcare is, system, it obviously. covers the all, majority of right. the costs. And so without that, we would not have been able to do that. Yeah. I can't, I can't imagine being in the U.S. trying it and yeah. because most people can only afford yeah. the one try and yeah. that's it so yeah. not only is there the stress of yeah. fertility issues but there's the financial stress yeah. on top of it and the so, fact like we've only got this one shot yeah. i mean it's fucking yeah. so my heart very, goes out to all that. of you yeah we're very aware of that um if you like what you hear um please subscribe or just subscribe <laughs> um like the podcast or rate the podcast on apple um and if you want to talk about it, us more about the whole thing just let us know we on are our instagram books. we're open about the whole process especially you because you know more about it than i do and yeah, i um, feel like kind of an expert after all yeah. <laughs> and yeah we hear each other next week indeed watch out for deer Woo!